Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Puck and Roll. Welcome back to the Puck and Roll podcast. This is episode nine of season two. And for the second time in a few days, we are joined by Marc, by Marc Dumont. Uh, do you call it by Marc or Marc? What do you prefer in, in, in these intros? I prefer Golgamore the Destructor. So we are joined by Golgamore the Destructor, mm-hmm. uh, a famous uh, writer for uh, Montreal Hockey Now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we had a great time on the first uh, I I rambled a lot that episode. I think I, I I you know what's what's great with you guys we, you, you don't get thrown when I structure. when I yeah when I switch to seven other you know when I end up talking about Lyle Odeline and and <laughs> and Steve Penny but you asked me about Arbor Jacka yeah I, I love it when when people this, can handle that it's fun this podcast is very much like Martin Saint Louis uh, coaching it is not based on a system or a structure it is a concept uh, if so you guys want a little insider. If you guys want a little insider tidbit, we only had five things written down for that episode. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. We we had uh, not many notes prepared. Uh, well, I'll tell you we right now, when I do radio or, or anything like that, when I did stuff with the Habs, they didn't, like, at first they'd write up scripts, and they still would at the end, but I wouldn't, yeah, no, I don't. I, I, I'm I gifted with the um, the gab of a Franco-Ontarian, so I don't know if, Obviously, near Carlton and whatnot, people will know about Franco-Ontarians. Mais on parle beaucoup, puis on parle vite, puis on parle like nos mains. And I got the Irish side. And you know what Irish people are all about? They're getting around and telling good stories. So, um, yes, I am one of the loudest and uh, most annoying guests you will ever have on this podcast. <laughs> and last episode, Mark teased uh, everyone with a certain Ooh. talking point. So... Mark, uh, you brought up the name. That yeah, and before we get into it, about. before we get into it, just a quick trigger warning for people because we are going to speak. Um, there is, it's not directly related to it, but there is a, a a component of sexual assault here that will be discussed. For sure, and we are going to then leave a timestamp in, dis- yes. in the description for yes. those yes. who do want to skip forward. Now, now we're going to do our best not to, you know, trigger anything, but it will be discussed because I think at this point you can't ignore it, unfortunately. So. Exactly. Oh, no, no, and sorry. That... Fortunately, we should never ignore it. Sorry, that came off yes. quite wrong, but you know what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Logan Mayu, Mark, you wanted to talk about how he might possibly not be as good of a player as Is that what you took? Us. Okay. 
I, I mean, I, I, I got that, 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 that you are hearing the narrative that is becoming quite popular now. Well, uh, well one, one of the big things to me is, and it's been recently, I don't know if you guys follow Heidi, uh, Heidi, but like, we, we are good friends with Hattie. We he's, he's been on the pod. Okay. Uh, we, are, we are all good friends. So I'm glad, I'm glad he brought that up because for the longest time, okay, here's the other part. When I was with the Habs, first of all, this was decided long ahead. This wasn't because Logan Mayu was there. Like they knew well ahead, which is kind of embarrassing because their lack of preparation, they didn't think they'd get hit on it. But hey, hockey never gets held accountable. So that's why yeah. we see stuff like Mitchell Miller. And I'm great. Finally, the fans are pushing back. Yeah. But in one fell swoop, not only did you not even get a guy that like I mean, the scouts that were watching him play in third uh third Sweden, Sweden three, were like, Yeesh, like he's this guy yeah, can't, he wasn't... can't make a decision. He has no gap control, he has no control mm-hmm. of his body, but obviously he's got a good shot. However, I'll say this right now in one fell swoop with a dumb pick, and I'm I I I will maintain it's a dumb pick by the Habs. I'm I'm no longer in the point where I'm upset at Logan Mayu. He went through the system. And what he did was terrible. Don't get me wrong, but it was the Habs that pushed this on everyone else. So um, when they did that, it not it sapped all the energy from our marketing team. Um, and don't forget, Montreal Canadiens is over half of the uh, managers are women. Well over half of the employees are women. So my marketing team at the at that time there was about thirteen women, and you know the other guy was off. So. Um, I was supposed to go live. I was supposed to go because I was their guy, right? To talk about draft picks and all that because no one else in the organization actually pays attention to hockey. So when it came to marketing, I actually had to use knowledge. And I remember my boss at the time because I was going to be the first employee of the Canadians to face music. And that night, I knew, hey, I have my 8 a.m. hit. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my job. That's what's happening. All right, let's go. And my boss was smart enough to say, Mark, you're not we're not putting you out there in front of them. Like that's not your responsibility whatsoever. So a woman had to protect me, a man from a man's decision to give privilege to another man who um, was horrible to a woman. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that, isn't that kind of, it's, yeah. it's sad. It's yeah. pathetic. It's, it's, but it's very indicative of, of how hockey goes. However, all this to say, um, I was getting a lot of weird pushback on my you. I feel like there's been a bit of an overcompensation here. Now I'm, Again, I'm no longer talking about what he did. To me, the onus falls on the Montreal Canadiens at this point to make it right. But um, it's clear that there is an overcompensation for people that, for whatever reason, uh, have not been watching him play. Because this is a, a guy who I would say, let's say I'm rating his shot, 9 on 10, right? 9 on 10? His, his, his shot in a vacuum, yes. Okay. Gap control, 0 on 10. Yeah. Right? Hockey sense. Is 0 on 10. Question. He's Zero on negative. Because um, he makes a lot more bad decisions than he does good ones. Decision making absolutely terrible. Uh, his positioning is confusing. Inconsistent, like, lacks structure. He reminds me a lot of a Nathan Beaulieu on his draft year, if I'm being perfectly honest, just not as physical. So uh, I, I think we need to relax a little bit. And if you actually watch him play, yes, he's at a point per game now. It's his D2 year. And people will say, oh, it's you so know. Funny. People say, you know, yeah. oh, he missed his D. Yeah, why? Why did he miss it? Is it because the league banned him because he did something disgusting? Oh, well, you know, like, whoopsie doopsie, you effed around. Now you found out. Like, that's, oh, no, a shame. Like, that's. Like, does it remind shame. you of your youth? Because you seem to be reminiscing with this. Guy. Right. Like, that's the thing. I, 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 I literally had interactions on Twitter where they, about my you, and they literally ended up with the other person, typically always a middle aged or older guy, yes. white guy. 
Yeah. Ending up saying, well, yeah, I made in a similar thing in my youth, but like I moved on. I'm a good person now. And it's like, that's what I've got. Like, is cool. Well, I have the luxury of being a 17 year old in this industry. And I have gotten, especially on Facebook, the people on Facebook love this kid. Mm-hmm. And in my Facebook bio, it says 17 years old, first year of CJEP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will get, you're 17. Haven't you made a mistake? I have never made a mistake. Well, well no, it's I, I did. Yeah, yeah, guys. Once I got caught, because I um, I used to live in Orleans in Ottawa. So shout out to uh, oh, Orleans? To Orleans. Oh, no, no. It was great. When I moved there, it was like 1988. There were six houses. Oh, okay. So, I, so I'm it, Orleans it, now. Yeah, no, no, no. Now it's basically like SimCity on a terrible acid trip there. But yep. um, <laughs> so much. Yeah, and actually, I completely forget. Now I'm just thinking of Arlene's. Now I'm a little homesick. I want Tritomania. I want my Putsin. What were we talking about two seconds ago, Aaron? Oh, yeah, Logan Mayu. With um, the, 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 the people say you made mistakes. Yeah, I got caught once stealing pumpkins in, in Orleans, and we'd go on the roof of. Okay, I should, probably shouldn't be saying this, but I was a, I was a miner, and we'd chuck pumpkin like not big ones, but we'd chuck, chuck pumpkins at like big trucks from the roof of a, a school. And um, now white privilege. Did you take pictures of the cars without their consent? No. Well, then white privilege. Guess what happened? The firefighters came and they got us down. That was it. That was the end of everything. Uh, But that being said, I think there's a significant difference between second chances and second privilege. And none of us have made. uh, Well, okay, maybe maybe some have and maybe some are remorseful, but it's still a mistake. When we say you deserve a second chance, that doesn't mean that they get no consequence. It means that eventually once they show some sort of remorse, which I'll say this. I think Mayu has shown remorse. I think he honestly, whether it's a PR stunt or not, he said the right things. It's been the opposite of Mitchell Miller, right? Like M- Mitchell Miller is just an absolute trash, terrible person, human yeah. being. So, so covered the entire every story. single action is repulsive, and there it's is the literally that came on. Oh my god! It but was... you know what? I'll say this right now: Mitchell Miller might be, uh, ironically, one of the biggest motivators of change in in, in hockey because yeah, the sure. fans said no they're like absolutely not and and when we realize fans have more power than anyone else in this league that's where it becomes uh, you know a factor and if fans keep I, I i don't mind what happened with my you i actually love that he was i think his feet got held under the fire way more than guys before him but that's amazing that's fantastic let's keep yes. that up let's keep that up from here exactly. on and you know, at one point when I was working with the Canadians, you have guys like Nick Cousins. You can you can Google his history. Sean Burke, yep. Google his history. You know, so there's a lot of ugliness in hockey. And, and if fans can continue to push back, better, the more the better. You know, that that's absolutely great. Now but, let's but, take care of Ian Cole. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. No comment there. But, um, yeah. you know, because I, I kind of get how the whole rumors, when I worked with the Habs, there were so many weird rumors that were going around with me and, like, coworkers. But all this to say, Logan Mayu, I... I uh, I'm I how can I put this? He's okay. He's just okay. That's essentially my scouting yeah. report is this is a guy whose skills will be very difficult to translate to the NHL. And that's what I look for in players. So when you see yeah. Lane Hudson, Lane Hudson walking the line and everyone said he was a bad skater. No, his ver- he's, 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 he's fine, right? He's his lateral fine. mobility is incredible. His pivoting his la- is, is not trash. good. Yeah, yeah. But his lateral, yeah, which when you're going to be using that a lot. But anyways, all this to say, I look at Lane Hudson. I look at um, um, Owen Beck, and I think those are prospects. Their skills will be easily translatable to the NHL because that's the biggest thing, right? Can you yeah. repeat this? And I'll be perfect. Like, and again, I hold nothing against my U at this point, uh, but I don't see him being a top four defenseman. And if he's not a top four defenseman, I don't see much value because defensively, yeah, defensively, he's awful. He's awful. He's a really bad in his own zone. And this is playing 
junior hockey. So it's a, so everyone that wants us to rate them higher uh, and talk about them more, it's not it's not that people are holding things against them. Maybe. And you know what? Fair enough. Because what happened there, let's keep in mind that the demographic for hockey, not just the employees, but the fans are over 50% women, right? So stuff yeah. like that, we have to be very, very, you know, um, not delicate about, but we have to do a better job making it more comfortable for, for, for the people that, you know, share our sports. But he's just not good enough to really be considered a top prospect in my mind, which blows my mind. Why did they go after him at, what was it, 31, 32? 31. Okay, I will say this. Yeah. I, I would understand. Well, actually 30. If he was a top oh, 30, five, yeah. it was. If he was 30. a top five, Seattle. If he was a top five, I would have said, yeah, okay. Like, I kind of, I, it's disgusting, right? Yeah. But I get it. But I get it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To me, yeah. it was such a stretch and such a disappointing. Anyways, I like, I was, I, my heart sunk when I heard, I knew it was coming. Oh, I me too. knew, I knew he was going to get drafted. And my heart just sunk right there. And, and, you know, thankfully, my boss, because, you know, I always try to risk, I feel like we don't do a very good job making it a comfortable situation for anyone that's, you know, not straight white males. But, yeah. you know, we need to do better than that. My boss allowed me not to write about it. But I was actually cowardly about it at the beginning. I should have called it out. Like, I should have. I worked for the team and I stayed silent because I wanted to pay rent. But in retrospect, it, you know, it was cowardly. It was very cowardly. And, and, and like, I'm at the bottom of the, you know, the, the ladder. I get paid the least. Trust me, it was a work yeah. of passion there. But... I still needed to pay rent and I took the cowardly way of saying, I just didn't talk about him. If you Google Logan, my you, you're going to see the first reference about three weeks ago is when I first started talking about him. Like, so I, what I've done with my you is every single time I get into a fight on Facebook or Twitter about him, I watch one more game of his. Yeah. And it just, so I reinforces seven, the opinions. I, I've watched 17 games on my you. Yeah. Okay. Only I, I've only watched 30. about six. Cause like I, I, I even checked out London before he got there, man, they were bad. They were just not fun yeah. to watch. Anyways, all this to games, say is I've that seen they, about three highlights that are actually highlights. Well, that's the other part too. Like his, his, anyways, the highlights, it's funny. We see that. But when you look at a guy like Owen Beck, you could take away all his points and I'd still have him rated as one of the top Absolutely. prospects. Because sure. it's that intelligence. Obviously, I, I don't really care about face-offs, but, but coaches do. Yeah. Um, it's his cerebral approach. If you want the biggest juxtaposition in hockey IQ, it's Owen Beck and Logan Mayu. For sure. And Mark, for instance, are you familiar with uh, Jack Mateer as a player? No, I am not. He is the number one defenseman for the Ottawa 67s. So okay. he plays, uh, he's, he's top of the power play every okay, single So that means you can, yeah, so we'll, I, we'll, I love, we'll I love scouting other players when you're, when you're, you were looking for Rora, right? When you, well, I mean, I, I, I live in Ottawa, so I, I go to yeah. basically every home game. So I, I'm According to Facebook roster. logic, Jack Mateer will win like 20 yeah. horses. So, so J Jack Mateer is a six foot four, six foot five defenseman drafted in the fourth round in 2021 mm -hmm. so same draft as mayu uh and he is currently outproducing mayu in more games played in the ohl given yeah. yes he is on a better team like the, since it's a, this, ottawa is at like a 17 and one record like it's a very good team but he mm -hmm. is the number one defenseman um and he's outproducing mayu and uh to me he is Barely a B-level prospect. He has a very, very flawed game. Uh, well, he shoots this, this no is, point. We, we knew this before box, the draft. Right? Like, everyone like, everyone like, talked about it. They're like, he, like the Mateer, aren't there. Like, I, I, Mateer shoots from the point every single time he gets the puck. He is infuriating to watch as a prospect. Um, and he, he's, a, he's a Nashville prospect. And despite yeah. his production, I, I like he should not be in their top 10 prospects. Nope. And they don't have a very good point to and begin with. Let's be and honest. he's I outproducing mean, Mayu. And well, there the you go. And, and, you know, and Mayu is obviously... 
I feel like we're being now we're actually being a little too harsh, but I will say this. I mean, he's taking a, a crap load of shots, a lot of them on the power play. I mean, For I think sure. four of his six goals are on the power play. I forget what. Um, but right now, I just don't see a guy that can translate his game into the NHL at any point. Because yeah, I, I when I go back, Aaron, and you you might have seen this, but when I go back to like one of the first games I watched or some of the games I watched from other seasons, there's no improvement. It's, it's exactly it's confusing. There's absolutely no improvement whatsoever. And at one point, this actually, summer, someone was saying that he should be considered the, 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 the sorry, the, the Quebec media was saying he should be considered the Habs' best defensive prospect, and. That was just such overcompensation. Like go it's buy a Hummer. Slotted in go, our first pair go, go buy a Hummer it's, and like you know, like, and and white Oakleys and and deal with your midlife ex, you know crisis without throwing. Like first of all, Lane Hudson was in the mix, you know. So you know everything. Yeah, Kane Gula was in the mix there too. Yeah, exactly. Jordan Harris, Jack. I could go forever. Jaden yeah. Struble. Like yeah, yeah. No, no, exactly. So I feel like there's been a lot so of many options. There's a lot of overcompensation in his case. That being said. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I just have a really hard time. Kind of almost reminds he, me of Morgan, Morgan Ellis in, in the sense that he was pretty darn good in um, when, who was he playing for? He was playing for uh, Cape Breton at one point and uh, he was really good for Shawinigan when they won the Memorial Cup. But you could tell that that was a guy whose skills would never translate to the NHL. So, oh, sorry, I'm looking up here. He had three games with the Habs. Anyways, so hopefully he's not another Morgan Ellis, but um I'll be perfectly honest. I have not seen, I've seen very little, very little in terms of improvement. And what do you do when you get in the NHL? You improve, you have to listen, you have to absorb yeah. it. It's a lot. And I just don't know if he has, he's able to process that information. It's kind of For me, there, 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 there are two big things with, with Mayu and that I'm very confident about. One of them is that he, he has such a long road to be NHL caliber. Like, like there's so many things that he needs to patch to even stay afloat in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going from, from because between, between you and me, to... like he, coaches in the NHL would not tolerate his style play. Like however, what, not even for now that being said, he's however, 19. So however, yeah. the second yeah. point I wanted to say was I'm equally confident that he is going to log over 10 NHL games within the next two years. Like I, I am, I am very confident that, yeah. that whether it's with the Habs or if a team wants to buy low on him, that he is going to play NHL, maybe may, may say three years instead of two. That, that but, he is going to get NHL opportunities, and probably. that despite I mean, putting up bad results, because he is very big and an extremely smooth skater, yeah. he will be fed minutes wherever he plays in his career. His skating is his skating is very good, eh? Yeah, but it's, I, it's I, mesmerizing. It, 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 and it, it is. saved him in a lot of because especially the, you know we've talked about the decision making, but his skating does save him from a lot of that decision making. Now, hey, speaking of tall guys that'll get games no matter what, Jared Tenorti's in a in a, in a top yeah. four by, by now. Eh? I don't know if you guys yeah, know yeah. this, but he's yeah. in the Blackhawks top four. So if there was ever a guy who who was just big and tall and got chances because his dad Mark Tenorti was a bit of a badass, then. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Mayu uh, get that same type of opportunity. And he's a first-round pick. You want to give him the opportunity if he earns it. Absolutely. So you tell somebody at any given point that Jared Turnerty and Jack Johnson are a top defensive pairing. Mm-hmm. Guess which team and which year? Nobody's guessing Chicago in 2022. No, absolutely not. And, and hilarious. it's just kind of funny to me because I remember when we were talking about the draft, we were looking at, I think he got drafted at the same year as um, they even moved up to get Jared Tenorti, right? They did. Overall, right? And uh, I'm looking, it was around that. Yeah. It was one of the right, last time. Right before the Kevin Hayes, up, right before Kuznetsov, right before Charlie Coyle, right before Brock Nelson. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. There's a lot of names in there. 
but anyway, I'm happy I, I wasn't an abs fan back then. Right? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. But I remember the, was that the year that they got all the, uh, sorry, I'm actually browsing HockeyDB trying to see more. Is that all the second rounders? Well, I'm trying to figure out no, which, no, 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 no. if it was the year that they got like five different um, defensemen and everyone's like, yeah, the defense is perfect forever. Uh, which is Now it's actually kind of looking like that. I can't, I'm not going to lie. Well, yeah, but here's the thing is at one point when we had, what was the name of the guy who's um, leading the KHL in scoring the last two years uh, as defenseman? Was it not Chris Weidman? Chris, um, Chris, Chris Weidman did two years ago. Darren Dietz is who I'm talking ah, about. Yes, Darren Dietz. So at one point, the Montreal Canadiens in, in about two years, they went and they got, um, uh, Mac Bennett was actually supposed to be a good prospect. And then they had Morgan Ellis, uh, Jared Tenorti, Darren Dietz, uh, Magnus Ny- N- Nygren, I don't know if you remember him, Josh, mm. Joshua, Joshua Didier and Nathan Beaulieu. And everybody was doing backflips saying we never have to draft another defenseman again. And <laughs> no one panned out from those two years except for, I, I mean, Beaulieu, but Gallagher. Bo- Beaulieu's been a safe defenseman for the last sure. like, five yeah, yeah. seasons. Yeah, and he's turned into a tough guy, but really Gallagher was the the big you know, get there. So when I when I hear people saying we're we're stock for years, I kind of agree. This is the the deepest they've ever been. Uh, for sure. On, but, but but they lack but they lack enough high end talent. Yes. On that back yes. There's end. no game yeah. breaker. Exactly. Well, Elaine Hudson could become could a be that one defenseman. Oh, it's either I, he I, will I, or I still, or he won't make mm, the NHL. It's one or the other, in my opinion. Like, uh, don't I, give I, up. I think, on the I goals think ideally, needs. ideally, Elaine Hudson is number two defenseman. I I, I think in a, in a perfect world, he is your offensive dynamo. Uh, on a top pairing with a guy that can do it all because oh, yeah. Lane Hudson's always going to have some deficient deficiencies. Uh, yes. He has good gap control, but his, his defensive uh, positioning can is, is questionable at the time. Now, right, now right. I'm going to give him a little bit of a break here. Cause going from the USHL to the oh, NCAA, sure. it's, it's like, it's a huge progression. These guys, when I spoke to Jaden Struble and George, actually is Jordan Harris who explained to me, he's like, Hey, I'd never seen X's and O's on a, on a, like, you know, the, the boards that they use, not a chalkboard, but you know what I mean? It's like, I hadn't yeah. seen that in the USHL my entire life. The first time I saw it was when I got to college. So it's a big deal. So the well, fact well, that well, Jordan, the, Jordan Harris went from, from high school hockey to, uh, to college. And he had, I don't think he ever, ever played in the USHL and, um, well, USHL when, is, is high school, right? No, no. USHL is junior hockey. Yeah. But it's their high school age. It's the, it's the equivalent no, of like CHL well, there. Yeah, it, it, it is yeah. the exact equivalent of CHL, yeah. but there's a difference from from high school level hockey. To oh yeah, no, no, I'm not talking about there, like private a... academies or anything. I I always call it considered high school in the states. Yeah. And but al- also a, a big difference with Lane Hudson is the US, the US NTDP. Uh, they, they they're not actually officially part of any one league. They, they no, play a lot it's of technically USHL, exhibitions. Uh, and, and when you look exactly. at elite prospects, and, and they play did you guys know that they teams. add both of them when you go? Yeah, they do. Pros- I know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know yeah. that for the longest time. I, I yeah, they do. But 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 Lane Hudson also played a lot of, call, of, of NCAA teams last season, right? So so the, mm-hmm. there is a, a quite a big difference in the jump that Lane Hudson made in mm-hmm. this year versus the one that uh, Jordan Harris did going oh, to Northeastern. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, but regardless, high school it's, it's to NCAA such versus, a huge yeah. exactly. Yeah. So when we talk about Lane Hudson eclipsing, like I think only Hughes, one of them, I forget which, had better numbers as a freshman. Like right now, he's. He's destroying Jake Sanderson's rookie year, and he's he a true freshman. Adam Fox's it was goal record. In he's games. he's a true freshman too. Like we're talking about not exactly. a redshirt, a true freshman. Like the, the the only comp that 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 beats him out right now is Quinn Hughes, but <laughs> he played his draft year in the NCAA, so he was he, he was in his sophomore season in his D, okay. as a D plus one. And yeah. that season's eclipsing Hudson, but not. Yeah, his and, actual and I mean Boston University, in my opinion, freshman. they're not actually 
probably overplaying right now. Like they're, they're not as good as the record seems. So, no, they're not. They're, um, they're, they're not a great yeah, team. But, but with Lane Hudson, you're looking at, there's some, my big worry is that, hey, listen, he loves to have the puck. And when you watch Makar go twice around the zone, I used to call that the Hosa because Marion Hosa used to do it all the time. Uh, that's super fun to watch. He won't have that kind of time in the NHL. So yes, you have to work on that. But overall, I see very few flaws in his game. And I, 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 I think we're actually holding back on throwing accolades, but statistically speaking, he's on his way to one of the best seasons yep. in NCAA history as an 18 year old freshman. Like that's, and it, it, it makes me so happy because I, like I second guessed myself so much last season mm-hmm. because every time Good, I watched man. Lane Hudson play, I was like, Good. I, th- this is a top 15. If you're not second guessing yourself, you shouldn't be in this industry. No, yeah, for sure. But it was just it was even more so for Hudson than anyone else because I not a single like 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 a big public scout um ranked Hudson higher than 18th overall. And that was that was Scott Wheeler. No one else ranked him higher than 18th. Uh yeah, then, and, there and were shout few... out to Scott because he's he's good at this kind of stuff. But yeah. Exactly. And, um, and so so I was like, I I had him at ninth overall for about a one month and that would have been such June. a stretch. But if he went ninth but, overall, people would be happy right now. They'd be like, look, sure. yeah, he's oh, a, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But but in the end, I settled on eleven because uh, I, I I I couldn't quite rationalize him ahead of uh, Mintukov and Nemets. Mm-hmm. And but, but even me, then, it, I, I was I, I was just still doubting myself because I was like, there's so many people that I respect so much in the scouting industry that don't even have him in his in the first round, right? Yeah, and even the person has him top fifteen. Hockeyprospect.com, so, so, so me, me which is one of my him, favorite places, and yeah, I don't think they even had him ranked like. Like, like I, I, I was so like, like worried that, that it would backfire really hard on me. Yeah. But the like, just the more I watched, the more confident I became in that. And this season looking even better for that. So uh, I'm, I'm glad I stuck to my guns and, and put him at 11. But mm-hmm. it, it was a weird season last year. Because... Well, you didn't, you didn't do a, a, a McCag and just like pick a random guy and put it up there. You had, va- you had value no. behind. Yeah, yeah, you, you were. Yeah. You were that you was were... me with um, uh, you know who Sebastian. I, I'm forgetting his name right now. Oh, Kirill hey. Dolzhenkov. We all have our, 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 our favorite the guys. The but, I mean... but for me, I, I caved during uh, my rankings because at a certain point, my eye test would have had Lane Hudson at exactly 11, right ahead of Matthew Savoy because oh God, he yeah. was probably... Savoy was my least favorite player in this entire draft. Class. Same, and I was actually kind of yeah. hoping the Habs wouldn't jump on it because... There is that pressure again to get. I mean, I know it's he's not exactly. Uh, and the from... fact that Buffalo drafted Savoy and Osland, like there's yeah. there's a clear winner there for me. Oh well, and the, the, the Sabers, <laughs> the Sabers had a great. I was speaking to them the whole time. They had a great draft too. And you know what? I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but they had a deal in place with the 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 Sens that would have been even better. And turns out the Senators uh, player nixed it. So, uh, yeah, Buffalo has been doing wow. good, picking up some good players. But anyways, let's get back a to player Hudson. Player shot to leave Ottawa and didn't. Yeah, well, I mean, to go to Buffalo. But <laughs> one I of mean... the things with Lane Hudson, in my opinion, is that, that's great is that he's not getting carried. Like, this isn't a, a, a Sam Gangi and Kostitsin playing with Patrick Kane situation. No. You know what I mean? He's uh, he's creating, like, for example, his first goal last night, he he should have had an assist on it. The second goal, yeah. he, had, he with the follow-up, he, like, he's driving the play. He sees the ice so well. He, he drives the middle so much. It's, it's, yes. it's incredible that... It, a defenseman, not just as small, because like like, like he's what five nine now. He is sure. so yeah. light. He is like he's under one hundred and sixty pounds. 
and in well, the NCAA, well, properly well, every time. I'll in say the, this: in the NCAA, he drives probably the weighs 140 pounds, soaking wet with nails yeah, in, his, in his pockets. He's yeah. tiny. Yeah. And, and I'm not worried about that though he has because all those habits. No, exactly. I, he has all the foundational habits, and exactly. he's going to add some weight with time. And yeah. he won't need to be heavy because he knows how to play his and weight. He out leverage opponents that are way heavier than him. Exactly. You know, pull a pull a Caulfield on Myers. But you know, the biggest fear I think for a lot of teams is it doesn't become like a Victor Mete situation where I love Mete for a lot of reasons, and for one of those years he was actually carrying Shea Weber. Uh, but it, but. I will say this, he struggled to clear the crease and it did lead to a lot of goals against. Now, yeah, that's a symptom of a bigger problem. However, that makes the defenseman look bad. And I think that would be probably the biggest thing I'd worry about is when the puck's in the crease, he'll have a hard time shoving guys out. But I think he'll be near the opponent's crease a lot more often than his yeah, own. That's you know? the thing. And, and as long as you put him with a with a partner that can fulfill that role, mm-hmm. he's going to be just fine. Like a, a, a pairing, if we're talking about like, people that are already in the half system, mm-hmm. a pairing of Lane Hudson and Caden Gooley would be so mm-hmm. much fun. And I think Lane Hudson and Jack after the chaos. No, that'd be chaos. That'd be insane. But I think Caden Gooley, that'd be re- very, very fun to see just because like Caden Gooley's improved this aspect of his game so much, but it still isn't a strength. And that that's his play in the breakout and in transition. Like he, he, yeah, he was everyone... atrocious in his draft year. But it still is not see, a strength. But he, I didn't he see had it that way. I thought his, I thought he was really good smart. in transition into WHL. Like I, I, I guess I missed well, the vote on oh, that one. But in, in his draft year, it was like, like all the metrics supported as well. Like it was, it was like quite hilarious because basically the the cycle in his draft year, like like he worked on a ton, especially with with Edmonton last season. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it was, it became a strength, and he was getting by WHL standards nice yeah. exactly. But in his draft year, it was a constant cycle of amazing play to, to to force a turnover in transition defense uh take the puck have five seconds scan the ice pass onto the the the, the stick of an opponent on the tape and then repeat yeah. and that was an entire shift over yeah, and you, over and you over. had time to file your taxes by the time if, you came if to there's a one yeah. player exactly. that's gonna make it at his size it's him well I, and yes and I'll, I'll, I'll admit i was a little i i maybe underrated him in the sense that like his skating was good full stop. And that was the most exciting thing for me is when, you know, back in the day we used to say, oh, he, he skates well, dot, 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 for a big guy, you know? Yeah. But that's not the case with Kane Gooley. For a big guy, he just he's just an amazing skater. I think So fluid. I think if we, we weren't in a data analysis-driven era, he'd be one of the front runners for the Calder Trophy right now. Absolutely. Um, you know, okay. Just the role he's been put in. So right now he's on pace to have the most even strength points in Montreal Canadiens rookie defenseman history. That is a fun stat. He Andy is shot. He misses it. It's a Jack. I Well, you know, and, and, and he is on only Stefan Rabida and PK Subban played more often as rookies. And I don't think, I think they were a little older. Um, he's on pace to have the fifth best points overall behind guys like, you know, Chilios, that point, PK Subban. Like these are, I mean, I'm pretty sure those are three of the best defensemen that have ever been in the organization. So all those numbers are lining up that this guy can have a great career. His underlying numbers are 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 disgusting. They're like a Montreal Metro station but on you Sunday can't morning. Blame him. But you look at David Saval and you say, okay, I kind of get it. So the, the, in my opinion, he's done so well by being overused. I think he's being overused right now. Oh, 100%. But you got to get him a, a partner. Almost and every he, defenseman has been overused this season. Yes, yes, See, absolutely. Except for Jordan Harris. To watch, 
<laughs> because you're watching the slowest man with the slowest hands pull off things that he shouldn't be able to pull it's, off. It's kind of like when Corey Perry, when he came to Montreal, I'm like, he's, yes. he's, going, he's going ball hockey speed, but like he's doing ball he's, hockey deeks. Like it's crazy. He's yeah, turning yeah. on the Jets, but it's Winnipeg when it was in Atlanta. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. So anyways, all this to say, uh, I am pretty darn encouraged by uh, what, what we're seeing in the prospect. I, I don't think, you know, Roar, we got Gaydon. There's um, Kapanen's actually been playing very well. Um, yeah, I don't know if you. It's kind of hard to follow because you have good numbers in the Liga. Yeah. Oh my God, it's um very, very, very strong numbers, and he's and, and he's going to be the the number the number one center for Finland at the World Juniors. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you saw the warm up tournament, but yeah, he was pr- basically scoring goals on top, and he's also leading. I don't think they call it rookie scoring there, but it's U twenty scoring in Liga. Yeah, so it is. And it then is. Adam Engstrom has the confidence of a guy. Oh, who's he caught my eye. He caught my eyes immediately, not just for, oh no, it's Peter Nurmi had the McDonald's. Uh, yeah. that you, either way, yeah. um, both of those guys actually. Now, and Nurmi, then Miguel Turini is the future captain, the, captain of the uh, Laval Rocket. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That yeah, I, I like that. But I think um, Engstrom and Nurmi, it's, it's unfortunate I don't get to watch them a lot, but Engstrom's playing for the top team at 18. I don't know if he got sent down recently. But um, yeah, it's been pretty decent when it comes to like, and those guys aren't even at the top ten, right? The house, like, I no, not, heard not of even close. Before the draft, yeah, yeah, like like, like Nurmi and uh, and Jared Davidson were the two kind of oddball picks that the Habs made. You like we always, knew they're they're gonna throw a dart at a goal. Overagers have become like, yeah, and, oh, and... No, for, for sure. It's just there were a lot of overagers that I would have swung on that were uh, Jared Davidson a million years ahead of. Either it almost like, feels like, like, like Davidson. They, a, they they looked at his numbers rather than yeah, watching the tape. I, got, yeah, I, got sure. fight. I got into a fight about it on Twitter. You did. It was like one of the funniest with, Twitter with fights the, ever with the, with the Seattle fan, right? It was, yeah. yeah. Thunderbirds fan. Well, and, and I do these power rankings on Montreal Hockey now, which is so fun to do. And it's actually been difficult this year, which I love. Um, but, and people are like, why are you adding Davidson? Hey, listen, he's 20 years old. Like Sean Farrell's the same age and he's, putting up more than a point per game in the NCAA and he lost, yeah. you know, so, and he got stuck in the USHL for an extra year. So, I mean, those two years in difference in development is, is gigantic, but I get why they go for overagers. I don't love it. The Leafs have been going for overagers a lot. I don't love the idea. I'll be perfectly see, honest. I, they need I, I like it when, right now. There, there yeah, is, there is a market for undervalued. Yes, but why don't you bring them to sure. camp, see if they're good, sign them immediately, and then just let it slide? If you know what I mean, like, well, I don't because know. they're not, they're not eligible to, to like, like often the overagers are also like nineteen, right? Like one year over. Okay, yeah, at yeah. That point, they're see, not nineteen. Okay, sign. nineteen, I don't consider, but yeah, the twenty-year-olds. But Davidson, yeah, twenty-year-olds is is a different. Like, I can think of two twenty-year-olds that I would still be banging the table to draft. Um, like Lucas Gustafson and Yuri uh, and Yuri Tichak. No, Stonehouse is still nineteen. Uh, oh, really? Stone, Stonehouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stonehouse was basically the same but age as that. Being Moore. said, he, he, look, he, look at the eighteen-year-old. Okay, so just from this draft, right? Um, you have obviously Slavkovsky, and then you have Lane Hudson, eighteen-year-old Owen Beck, eighteen-year-old Cedric Gaydon. Yeah. I we don't talk about Cedric Gaydon enough. Let's be perfect. He's, he's he's so smart. He's a very Frank, very Franco Ontarians represent. I'm a big yep. fan of him. Um, so shout out to Rockland. Uh, you know, Vincent, Roar. Vincent's Roar. I mean, Vincent's Roar. Ugh. German, the, the, well, the, the Austrian boy. I can I can do the German names. Did you guys I'll ever watch Thirty Rock? No. Uh, okay, one well, of my friends wanted me to for. About anyways, five there's years a joke called the Ruru Juror, and that's I always I I want to get these their names right because I think it's so yeah. important, so important. You know, you come over to Canada, you lose almost all your identity. 
but you have your name, right? So I hate when people make fun of their names. I'm I'm, I'm German. I'm half German. I speak fluently. I struggle with roar. You speak fluently? <laughs> yeah. You didn't know that? Yeah. How did I well, not know that about you? And, and then oh, there's there you um, go. fun fact. I speak Mandarin if you want to or Buhao or Zhenghao. But the thing is, um, when we're seeing right now is the Habs did a lot of home runs on 18-year-olds, I think. Well, like potential home runs. We're talking about Vincent yeah. Rohrer. He's what, 26? He was the youngest player. Was he? Rohrer oh, no, was the youngest player in the entire... No. No. Wasn't... Oh, no, Rohrer, no Slavkowski is in the NHL. The youngest Rohrer guy was the, the youngest yeah, yeah, player yeah. that I ranked on my draft list. I'm not sure if a team went like off the board on a guy that was like a couple mm-hmm. days younger, but the cutoff is September 15th and mm-hmm. Rohr is well, September 9th. I remember thinking He's six days off. The I remember thinking Rohr, Engstrom, and uh, Davidson were bad picks, but I Rohr, guess. Rohr, Rohr I. Because I, I, I there were other people available there, you know? Rohr yeah, exactly. Was going to be a hab. Like something about everything told everybody. Oh, I, I knew Rohr. it. And by the way, if it Hudson at 62, we would have taken Rohr at 62. I, 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 if I anything, that'd be 33. We would have taken Roar at 33. Right? I may or may not have had, had some kind of inside info on that. I, I, I knew I knew that Roar was going to be have, But I I was skeptical about it. Because the first time I heard that that, that was going to be a likely scenario was in like April. Mm. And I was like, I, I can see why. Because he is so young. And, and and there are interesting skills here. But and he's smart. He's smart. That's so important. Smart. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Intelligence, there's, in my there's opinion. A real, is... there, there's a real lack of cohesion in his game. And then this season, he he, he comes out if of the he gate. He improve his game over the summer, and he did. That yeah, was, that, and, that was the thing. I, I was like, he can make me look like an absolute idiot if if he. I love really it when they do that. I love it when and they I was do like, that. And then I look like a dumbass now. But but so going back to it, it. It's okay. Great. I mean, yeah, the six sevens are strong, but you look at Beck and Roar. These are guys that were under a point per game on their draft year, and oh, for sure, yeah. Like there, there's Beck no is guarantee. Still the two C in Mississauga. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I think he actually started last game as the one C over Columbus boys, so. Um, Del Bell Blues. Yeah, who, who, who I don't know if his skills will translate. Good. You know, his no, he he's an awful skater. Who, yeah. Yeah. and but and if he wasn't in the picture, then obviously you know Beck would have got more points. But all this to say is the Habs really looked past the hockey DB of it all in this draft, and I and I and really then do like and that. then then Jared Davidson happened. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. like for, for, for the most part, for sure, right? And, and I mean, Vincent Rohrer has been tremendous this year. I, I mean, I've gotten to watch him like for over we're 10 not even talking about year. Philip Meshar, who, who or like I'll be honest, I am kind of disappointed with the lack of offense lately. Now Kitchener's bad. Kitchener's so Kitchener's bad. Kitchener's a really painful. Team. But and that being said, I mean, six goals in fourteen games. I I, I did expect more, and I feel like it's almost unfair but he's not even he's what the seventh or eighth most exciting prospect right now like that speaks oh no he's, he's still he's still he's still up there he, I, I, well, I mean, because sure. of how well the prospects have been doing exactly like sorry i'm talking about in a power rankings because when i oh. when i talk about my power rankings it's not like yes obviously i think sean farrell is gonna bring more value eventually than uh riley kidney i'll be perfectly honest but at the time right now philip Meshaw, i i mean i think i have him ranked seventh or eighth which yeah, a little disappointing, but it speaks to the depth of the Canadians. You know, every time I do an armchair GM on Cap Friendly, Riley Kidd is the first prospect to go. Me too. Well, well I, I, yeah, okay, I, I, I get really it. Struggle with I, I feel I like really, we all really we all see the same stuff, and there's that really big risk that you know he's really just getting QJMHL points. But Josh, well, it's, it's it's not it's not that for me. Because like again, like, like there are good. And the Sitar are bad too. We have to keep that in mind. The yeah, yeah, for sure. are bad. And this kid but, is 
like 15 points clear yeah. the second guy and on I his know team. for sure for sure the, the the numbers are great the skill is there he is also purely a perimeter playmaker he does yeah. not access the middle ever no. and that's that not player. fly in the nhl you no, have no. to be oh, tremendously he, skilled i'll tell you right now in the nhl um riley kenny they're not even considering him being a center like yeah it's great that he's playing but even as a even as a winger if if you're restricted to playing on the perimeter mm -hmm. and you have virtually no value in board play mm -hmm. that is a very very difficult thing to make work absolutely but but all. i mean come on man he's we are all looking at joshua Roy, who again that's just a take advantage but, but of but great joshua market and efficiency has the hockey iq to 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 find yeah, open space Kinney, in the middle Kinney's of the ice. having a better season on a much, much worse team. Trade I just want to put it out there. I wouldn't yeah. say it's better. And also, also oh, yeah, yeah. Season. It, oh, yeah. It's better yeah. production. And, and for me, those are two very different things. Now, right? now like, I, watch for, watch for Kidney to be traded to Sherbrooke. I, I have a sense that's going to happen. Wouldn't that be great? I, like a kidney is the one prospect in the Habs pool that I would be shopping because I I know yeah, that, that a lot of that, teams that are extremely point. high on him. Yeah, and I can see reasons why, but there are enough red flags there where I would want to just. So you're get taking value advantage back. of the fact that no one can actually tell that it might not be for real. Yeah, I, I think there is value to do that. I'm, to players, you know, but his draft plus two guys, his draft plus two so has many, been very good. Let's be perfectly sure. honest. Like, but the Habs have so many prospects. I kind of. Fill similar roles, right? Like if I can't not... use Joshua Rods on the block. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, remember when we were talking about Jan Mishak being excited? He's fallen off. He's not even for sure in the starting lineup in Laval. So no, exactly. No, 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 no. Like for example, okay, I have it listed right now as like the my power rankings. I have Hudson first, obviously. Beck was first for a while, but you know, Hudson's second. Anyone. Then I have Kidney Roy, just because their last two weeks. I mean, they were great. They're like the production Roy's, is is Roy's five point game against the hot ball was just great to see because I feel like he's had a sleepy season. Um, then I have Sean Farrell at five because. I know he's a bit older, but we're looking oh, at him. Oh, I, I, I adore Sean Farrell. I, I, I audibly cheer and he's, when the Habs he's, he's a special him. teams magician now I, all of a sudden? Like... Yeah, I, I, I adore Sean Farrell for me. He he is in, uh, like, if you give like if you give me the choice to keep either him or Owen Beck in our organization, I'd really struggle no, with that decision. No, I, would, I would personally I would, very much struggle. I would not. I, 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 I know, no, no. I, I know it's not a popular take. But I, st I stand by that. The, the, now, the ceiling for Sean Farrell is legitimately a mm -hmm. complimentary first-line winger. Uh, and I don't Ooh. think Owen Beck has first-line potential in any universe. No, but I would say this. Kidney. 99 out of 100 coaches would rather Beck in their line. Oh, no, for sure. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that yeah. like it's necessarily what, what will happen. But then I'm just saying like, no, no, as I get, a scout, I get if, 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 I were, if I were like a GM of a team and I had those two players mm -hmm. and I had – actual control over how they'd be utilized within the, the organization mm -hmm. i would struggle no fair enough and i mean what we're seeing he's, he's not like harvard's a, a a power franchise or anything and he's scoring shorthanded goals no it's been very encouraging but just to think that a guy like sean or sean farrell is fifth on my list i'm like oh, okay we're starting to, you know okay what about oliver kapanen at six do you guys agree with that Ahead of ahead season. of roar ahead of, and this is power rankings. No, ahead of Meshaw, see, there, there, ahead of roar there ahead I, would, of I would disagree I would disagree on that one. Um, I mean, look, he, he is—he was a bit younger for his draft. Class. He's half a point per game in Liga. That's great. No, it's not. It's it not really is, though. It really is. <laughs> now, what is he? Twenty-one. No, he's no, 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 no. He—he's—he's he, he's nineteen. He's nineteen. Yeah, he's—he's um, he's leading all you twenty points. Yeah. Okay, historically, I know what you're saying, Seb. It's not as good as some historic players, but his improvement from last year to this year, I think, has been like 
very it's, 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 noticeable. it's more of a thing of he was behind last year and he's caught up to where he probably should be this year. Fair enough. I don't think he he's he's exactly surpassed. Well, then maybe it's I'm just being harsh towards Mishaw, but I have Roar over Mishaw right now in my power ranking. Well, because Roar is having a, a tremendous season. Like like yeah. he he is he's been more impactful to his team than Mesher and, and has. Mesher but had Mesher, but Mesher has has the the hurdle of having to adapt to the North American yes. game. And also right? he had three points in three games, and I I, yeah, I yeah. dropped them. Like you know, it's that's to me that's why it's been so harsh. Like you have a guy like Cedric Gaidon, I have him at ninth. You know that he has twenty nine points in twenty games. You know, yeah. like that's pretty impressive. Then you have guys like Simano and I mean Anthony Richard. I know he's twenty five, but he's leading the HL in goals. He Adam is Engstrom, a monster. I, I, when you mentioned Aaron, uh, when you mentioned Adam Engstrom, I was like, yes, because he's the, that was the guy that caught my attention. What I love doing at development camp, at rookie camp, is. I put away the paper and I start looking like, okay, who's number 24? Cause he's damn good. I like that kind of get, That's rid, what of I do. The, get rid of all um, the preconceptions and Engstrom. If you didn't know him and Owen Beck, you'd say these guys are NHL veterans. So what happened for me was uh, that's exactly how I scout. And I was watching some Matthew Mitchkov mm-hmm. and there was a player that caught my eye and I watched the entire game, mostly watching him, his elite prospects page, no picture, no weight, no height, just the no name. He's on a professional tryout in the VHL. Sure. He is like my favorite player ever now. I don't even remember his name. No, but absolutely. I just want to kind of say one thing. If you want to compare, if you want one thing to compare Mark Bergevin and Ken Hughes mm-hmm. with picks 30, 31, 63, and 64 in 2021, we got Logan Mayu, Riley Kidney, and Oliver Kapanen. Mm-hmm. In with picks Hudson 33, <laughs> 60, yeah exactly well meshar 32 well yeah well, no, yeah I, I was going into the seconds. third i was yeah i was going okay. more as a second uh, but yeah which one do you take like yeah it's fine yeah. either way yeah no no I, I mean this draft class has been and i didn't really i'll be honest i didn't investigate much because i found it was actually pretty boring overall the draft class but it could end up being like one of those foundation makers for the Habs, and not necessarily because of top end talent but it's just the kind of guys that you're going to use for, you know, uh, if they hit, you're going to use them for a very, like, very this, long time. Can this draft be our 2017 Dallas Stars draft? No. No. Where and, we get and, somebody in every position. No. Mm, no. I, I mean, no. let's be honest. I don't, this is so harsh. I don't think either Joshua or Riley Kidney will make an impact in the NHL. I absolutely agree. And we should trade on. I would, I would, I would tend to agree on that one as well. I think Joshua Hua. I don't know what I it is it, about I think him. His ceiling, just... his, his ceiling to me is a very third line scoring winger, useful third line winger. I, I, but he doesn't I, have I that like defensive acumen or, or yeah, like. But 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 we're evolving past the time where the third line is the quintessential shutdown line. Oh no no, he, no I agree to, to play that role. It's more he, he's very intelligent but in his offensive zone. The coaches movement. won't trust him if he can't play defense, right? Like but, that's the other but, part of it. But he, he he's he's an intense four checker. Um yeah. oh he, yeah. He, he has the, the, those things that, that can gain coaches' trust. And for a while this year, we're seeing him with Gil and uh Goetze, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, man, like that was by far the best line in the, the CHL for the first month of action, right? The but like if we turn I, pick one fifty into something real. That's the win. Well, and that I, exactly, I Aaron, when you're talking about that, no, exactly. You know how we're so hyped about prospects? I really think that teams should start taking advantage of the mystery box factor, right? So yeah. if you have a guy like Riley Kidney, for example, he'd be a pretty good example. And Riley, if you're listening, sorry, bud. I don't know. I'm sorry that we're using you. I defended you. But, you know, right now, it's all flowers. It's all like, look at his points. He's getting better, blah, blah, blah. And that's 
the second that he doesn't make the team the next year or doesn't take the next step, you lose all value. So I'd be a little more active in trading these uh, prospects. I and- would. I, w- I would agree because uh, like now the, the, they're the danger there use the hype then, use the hype right like, exactly but the, the, the danger is then like trading a guy and then getting clowned on from moving on them early oh, however yeah. like the, Kirby the potential upside the potential upside of, of doing that is so high because we see so many players get so hyped before they and play they'll come out of team Canada game. if they make team yeah Canada, exactly it's like woo yeah you know what's crazy to me and, is that and, and, and Riley they'll Kinney have high and, trade value they have Kinney and Joshua are considered are considered locks for Team Canada, and Owen yeah. Beck isn't. Like, oh in what God. world do we Which live is, in? Well, points. in a world where we points world. are overvalued, and and well, where, even then, okay, I'm gonna say this: comparison but... between the OHL and what's, the, uh, the QJHL aren't what's the, valued enough. What's the name of the guy that's playing for Gets Noah? That was a first rounder. Um, he's telling no. Uh, no, I mean, he's supposed to be Maverick Lamoureux. Supposed... Um... What for Gets Noah Warren? Like, I I, I yeah, went to the no. Gets Noah games last year. So uh, it, it was Warren, Warren and Luno were the two the two big oh, ones. Okay, uh, both no, no, got I'm... picked by Anaheim. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, no. The uh, then, then it was then it was the year before. He's a 2021er. Uh, oh, Zach Dean, Zachary yes, Dean, yes, yes, yes. Oh, I lo- okay. love him. Love him. He's great. Vegas. Sure, fan. sure. Now look at his production right now and tell me that no, exactly. he deserves it more than Owen Beck. Like uh, that's no, the thing. Like, no. I, I'm not I'm not saying he does, but so, it, it is yeah. a case where where if we're talking about production and that reflecting the quality of player. It's a very interesting case because he's producing far, far less than Riley Kidney and Joshua Roy, but in my opinion, is a I would, far superior I would take him prospect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would, tra- I would is... trade both Roy and Kidney for Dean in a heartbeat. Oh, absolutely. Despite, and, despite and them tossing Caden Primo. Billion. Which one avoid is it becoming a Caden Primo situation where kind of people figure out that, you know, the luster has been lost because obviously, you know, the Habs did that with what all their first round picks. Yes. Like literally all of them. So, and the only one they hit on, they traded it away. But yep. uh, I, 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 I get it because GMs, you know, when we're all in keeper leagues, we love our prospects. Like they're the best players ever, but it's a good time to, I I believe that's another market inefficiency is the hype around these guys. So when Roy and Kidney come off a good gold medal performance, eh, maybe, maybe you test the waters a little bit and see what's there. Cause the see, Habs, look, they have to if, consolidate if, if their if rookies. Package, right? There's too many, there's if you, too many if prospects. You can, if you can package those two and you get a 2023 first round draft pick, you'd do it. You just oh do. My God. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh God, I, I don't know. That that would be but a steal. For, like if I'm seeing next year, they're both out of the uh, CHL, right? Um, or do they um, have one more year? I think they, they have one can more year. Can go back? Them? No, was that? Oh, actually, or is no. Well done? No, no, was young. Yeah, yeah, was yeah, very yeah, young yeah, for his draft. Yeah, yeah. Class. No, you're absolutely right. But I mean, I I think that they came very close to sending him to um. Exactly. Like, uh, at like, twenty, like, there, Hua has nothing left eligible? to learn in the queue. But he he he's gonna go to the to the to the AHL or ECHL next. Because season. I don't think Kidney can play in the AHL. No, he can't. He's if, gonna get if, crushed if on the boards and his season's gonna be over. If, if Jan Mishak can't, there's no way that Kidney now, can I'll say this, at the same age. And hi, Jan, you're one of my favorite guys. But I will say, uh, I Riley Kidney can process the game a lot faster than Jan Mishak, and I think just that's the very way important. he plays along the How, boards, however, he's gonna get crushed. However, yeah. if we're talking about, about 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 projectability to just playing, just just getting by in the AHL, what's yeah. more important than than processing speed is being able to to play in the middle seven. of the ice, yeah, 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 yeah. right? No, no, like yeah. like to play to play a fourth line AHL role, we're not at the level of of saying, oh, this is where processing speed is going to mm. be the death of you just yet, right? Like, oh, no, absolutely. Like now, the AHL for me is the place where Curtis Douglas lives in Tucson, Arizona. And he will be on a rampage to hurt as many people as he can. Yeah, it's less of a goon league than it used to be, but there's still like I remember talking to who was it the first round? It was um 
Noah Jolson, who, I mean, that's such a tragic story, what happened there. And I think, anyways, like the double concussion, broken orbital bone, horrible. All that being said is he he told me, he's like, yeah, man, guys come up right up to me. And like, they, they hit me a lot harder because I'm a first round pick. Like you legitimately get picked on when you're high-end talent in the AHL. And Joshua Roy wasn't. He was a fifth-round pick because they all thought he was lazy. He was. He was lazy. But he was also 16 years old. So you know, And then he started taking it seriously. So Yeah, like who among us? To me, that actually shows a lot more than a guy that's just oh, for always sure. had. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I'm a lazy 17-year-old. But, but you go into the OHL. Uh, by the way, everyone's a lazy 17-year-old. I, I, like, yeah. If you're not, you're a cop. But the thing is with... Um, <laughs> With Roy is he has that I just, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe even this year, I led the whole league in scoring 120 points. Guys will be going right after him. So it'll, it'll make life on them a little more difficult. Playing on the first line with Conor Bedard at the World Juniors, right? Like like you have a lot of yeah of, of hype surrounding yeah. that. But but sure. and and he was terrible at camp. It was really weird. Like he is with just a very weak camp. He, I don't know he, what it is, but something's off with there, his there, overall game and I just can't quite put my finger on it because I'm pretty sure it's the defensive effort. Well, no, defensive game. It's, 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 it's almost... also a lack of high-end skill. Yes, he okay, not, he exactly. Any real that works fine for him in juniors. Yeah, in, no, exactly. exactly. So it's not translatable, but I almost call it like the Marc-André Fleury effect is that from one minute to another, you can think this is the best goalie in the world to why the heck is he in the NHL type of thing. So yeah. that almost applies to why I'm looking at him in the queue and I'm like, Geez, that was a great play. And then for the rest of the game, I didn't see you. You were making bad line shifts. You were staying, you know, I don't know. He's really it's confusing. him and it's Jordan Zume for me. You could have a oh yeah, Zume is the and I comparison there for sure. Oh yeah. Like, I, I mean, mean, I think Zume is better, am, but I am uh, a notable Jordan Zume denier oh, yeah? because the point like the points are so secondary to me to what he's actually doing. But just for Joshua, he had the one game I watched of him this season, I think he had three points mm-hmm. and yeah. I barely noticed him and he had a goal. Well, that's the other part too. Cause I was trying to get a read. Um, who was it that gave me that read on that <laughs> on Goatsy? But it, it was you, it was you, Seb. But uh, I, I see him with his quality of teammates and, and I just would like to see him over his point pace last year. And I, maybe that's harsh, but you're on one of the strongest teams, not just in the queue. I think they're top 10, like it's what Winnipeg, Quebec, and then, you can probably throw Sherbrooke right up there. Um, you're on one of the strongest teams. You, you're you're going to go on a Memorial Cup run, hopefully, ideally. That's their game plan. You're surrounded by guys that will go in the first round. I don't know, man. I just, I really was hoping oh, he's, to see more out of him. He, he's he's being leapfrogged by a lot of people on my board. Well, okay, um, that was my whole point. Thank you, Sebastian. Okay, so sure. when you're looking at this list, all these guys that are 18 have been leapfrogging guys that are older from them from one or two years ago. And that's why I'm so excited about this draft here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes, new toys, but... The 18-year-olds are dunking on the 19 and 20-year-olds, and that that's fun to see yeah, for sure. But also, that, like like uh, Gutsier, like he's just being leapfrogged on my on my draft board this season as well. Like he's not on my first um, name yet. Well, yeah, I like I, like when when Mark asked me what, like what was it a month ago or so? Like, like oh, what, time what has lost all meaning. I don't know. Yeah, but 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 a little a little while ago, uh, you you'd ask yeah. me like like what my read on on because he caught was. my attention every time and, I was looking at Juan. Sure, I'm like he's, I was looking at Kuti for sure because he is also quite a unique prototype of a player for the QMJHL, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and and as why that stands out more does not actually give him more no. NHL value, right? No, Which is like a, see for me a difficult thing to actually get it, to catch on to. 
but he's been he's been leapfrog by so many players for me. So so right now he's he's falling into my my fifty range of the draft, so mid second round. Yeah, it's almost because it's, it's, because there's a lot of players that have far more tangible skill and value. So mm-hmm. like Aaron, an a player that you adore, that that is one of the guys that 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 leapfrog would see on my board is an OHL player, Denver Barkey. Like I love Devin Barkey. I know Devin you do. Barkey's I know so you love Barkey. This is a London night. Seventeenth uh, overall for me. Ex- very but- skilled, very intense, very fun. But there's a f- far more tangible skill and projectable elements to that game to be an impact player than with an Ethan Gauthier, who I think if he pans out is a third liner. Denver Barkey so has Ethan actual Gauthier, second line potential. Ethan Gauthier and Cam Allen. It's not for oh, what they Cam have done. One. It's for what they haven't. Yeah, they're dropping because of that. I mean, Cam Allen has been pretty bad. No, well, Cam, Cam Allen has like like this. This has been something that we haven't actually seen by a prospect. I mean, okay, sorry, we 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 saw it two years ago, um, but with with Atu Ratu, but Cam Allen was was mm-hmm. being really hyped up as a top ten talent. I know at Dauber we we ranked him tenth overall, which I wasn't a big fan of back in September. Even everything uh, but, I'm schooling is he's forty seven. Yeah, I he is. I can't rationalize having him in my first round right now. Every time I watch him, I get I, I get frustrated with decisions. He's well, making. and also it's a great first round. Let's be honest; like this is it, such a exactly. good one to have multiples in. This is not this is not the twenty twenty two draft either. No, but even twenty twenty two, I don't know if he if he'd crack my first round because there's like like um, Cam Allen has some very interesting tools. But the decision making is just consistently frustrating, and that's why and intelligence is so important now. That's why you're putting be, such a because, focus on because intelligence to become an impactful NHL player. Unless you have legitimately, um, unless you can process information skill. on the fly, then you're the game useless. is yeah. so fast. Yeah, it, you don't need to be fast, but you need to think fast. Exactly. Yes, if, you, if you don't think fast, you're not going to stick. And, no, exactly. And and that, that's a David key Savard. thing in scouting for sure. Who's just David Savard is the epitome of a player. That he's got skills no to me. He's got he's got skills, but uh, skill. I'll say this right <laughs> now. Yeah, but every twelve move. games he becomes Bobby Orr, and that's pretty cool. But well, um, I mean, for one skill move, it's, it's always it, what was the name of the though. guy every that the Habs got? Tempted. So instead of Savard at that point, um, uh, what was his name? Who? Let's not forget, Savard was traded for a first and a third. My goodness, yeah. Well, at one point, so was um, I was going to start talking. Yeah, that that was the best trade ever. No, um, <laughs> the Habs brought in a guy. I'm gonna look it up. Montreal Canadiens DB, a what guy year? that, um, like the year they were actually going for Savard, and then they signed some defenseman that was with New Jersey, and now he's with Douglas Murray. No, 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 not Douglas. Now Murray. he's no, with who? We're not going that far back. Yeah, actually, I don't have the answer for that. Was it? Was you know what he, was he, he was like a Drewiski style player where he just had really good underlying numbers. Oh, and, is this uh, the guy? The guy who got traded for Jordy Ben? Are we talking? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Anyways, yeah, his numbers, his all in all, it was so crazy because he actually had way better, and and he had a really rough time in Montreal, like really rough. I'll admit, but I would have gone signed him for five years rather than Saval, and it just goes to show name name recognition is is a huge red flag in a lot of these cases because um, we talk about Saval's great, like he's been fantastic blocking shots. I understand that. But there's no there's one Greg else. Patteron? There's no one. Greg, Greg Patteron? No, but Greg Patteron's wife did once. I know. Oh, trash me. And well, actually, <laughs> she went after Scott. And I, I become like a mama bear when my writers get attacked. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then she said something really mean about Francophones. It was like, ooh, like, lady. Yeah. 
I remember anyways, that. David Savard, those it's screenshots. great that he's blocking so many shots. At a certain point, why do you have to block so many shots? Yeah. Well, it's it's um the idea, like, I, I'm sure you guys know the Kent Wilson quote, which is just, Kent is a good friend of mine. And, you know, killing rats is, is better than not. But eventually, you know, when you keep killing rats all, all year long, you have to figure out you got a rat problem. You know, you got something. There's a bigger thing at play. So and David Savard carried Sebastian fantasy for a couple of weeks. So there you dropped go. him for more for most cider. Yeah. And and when you look at Savard is statistically speaking, yeah, he's blocking a lot of shots because no other defenseman in the in the entire NHL allows more shots when he's on the ice on the power. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's it, again, name recognition is big and I understand all that. But uh, yeah, at this point, but to get back to the Habs. Hey man, I wouldn't even hesitate to trade Savo if you get a taker. I think you want to keep him over sure. Edmondson, but I, I'm keeping Chris Weidman on this lineup. Like I, I, I in this lineup, I know everyone doesn't like him, but he's been good with Jack Eye. He can't shoot worth a darn on the power play. No. He just doesn't. But Chris Weidman has been sneaky efficient for the Montreal Canadiens. And before we jump into the final segment of this episode, we have a little ad read to, to get through. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Canadians have been incredibly surprising this season. How do you think their season will end up? If you want to bet on it, DraftKings Sportsbook is the place to do it. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I got it. That was we good. Got ad through read. it. Beautiful yeah. ad read. And that on that common. note, the final segment of uh oh of Shane, Shane Wright just scored his second goal. Yay. Of course he did because he's very good. Uh, oh, he he's is a very, yeah, very, he's very good player. Good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the final the final segment, we wanted to just kind of hand the mic over to Mark, uh, hmm. which we definitely haven't done at all so far. No, I haven't uh, been speaking much. No, we, we that's the biggest problem with me is I don't talk so a lot. I don't talk no, a lot. No, right? I yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you get that all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but we just wanted to to let you share any stories you wanted to share um it, it like it, in your history of following the haps and even working with the team um you know there's one thing that happened to me that i don't know i thought it was pretty darn cool but the day that um like everything went really well with the haps but the day we split up i was like okay when i walk by there's a bunch of statues and when i walk by the jean Beliveau statue i i have a little bit of a routine and it was about 10 o'clock at night and there was a man there that was just kind of you know just standing around and he saw me do my thing he's like okay toi t'aimes le gros bill so in french you like gros bill which is jean Beliveau's name and he immediately opened up and said you know i come to this statue because my wife 
you know, who's, who's passed away. Uh, it was our favorite player. And, and when I think about him, I think about all the great memories that I built, uh, you know, around the Montreal Canadiens. So just, and that was actually when I was no longer employed, like literally the day of, but I thought it was so fantastic that every single time I went out into the crowd, someone had some sort of link, an important link off the ice, to the Montreal Canadiens, even just the stories about Guy Lafleur, you know, um, getting to talk to guys like Ivan Cournoyer. It's, you know, at one point I was in the middle of a, yeah, I was sponsored and all that, but I look up and there's Guy Carbonneau, Vincent Danfoss, and Patrice Brisbois, which maybe not big names to other people, but when I was a kid, they were winning Stanley Cups. Like that, that's, it's crazy to me that I was ending up, you know, talking with this guy, with these guys. I felt like a, such an imposter. But um, overall, the most, the coolest things, other than the cup run, I have to admit that was cool, was seeing the families and how important it was to take care of families in this like NHL players won't just go to a team anymore just because of money it, it, first of all they check with their girlfriends or their wives because those are the ones that run the show and uh just seeing the kids run up because this was during the COVID uh, era as well they hadn't been able to see daddy in a while in a while they were gone to Toronto and to me I don't want to say who it is and whatnot because they were kind of like private moments but that I found was a really cool way to humanize what oftentimes becomes you know just a big commercial mess, right? With hockey, like we have to go back to the fact that these people do it because they love it and the families take a bit, bit of a hit. And you kind of saw that all coming in, you know, uh, during the COVID year because even everyone complains about what Jeff Pichu went through. I'm going to tell you right now, I was living away from my family in a different city while I had family members that were sick that I couldn't get to. And you know what? It was tearing me up inside. So I get why he went through that. You kind of get a better appreciation for the non-statistical things. And I think that was a bit of an education on my part is, is understanding that when it comes down to building a healthy locker room or, 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 or just players, there's the human value. And I, and I know this might sound silly, but is maybe one of the most important things you can do is getting good people on your team. And um, I'm a big believer of, of taking care of good people. And I'll tell you right now, there's a, a lot of really good people that work for the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, we were just lucky to me to, to be just getting a glimpse of these people's lives. Like they, they felt so open. And and when I go back to that story about Jean Biliveau, I felt like it actually put a huge smile on my face. You know, I'm like, cool. I just, I'm no longer working with my childhood dream team. Uh, but the fact that he f- wanted to share that with me, I felt so privileged just to get that little glimpse into his eyes. And then I kind of pictured him and his wife watching, you know, Jean Briveau for Les Quebec House. And I don't know, it's, it's, it was stuff like that that really touched me more than what was happening on the ice. It's the cultural ph- phenomenon that is the Montreal Canadiens. That, yes, we all know it's big, but like little, little decisions that I was making was impacting the team, right? If I wrote one wrong letter, that, that was a big deal. So, um, all in all, I, I realized that I don't, I will never work for an, another NHL team that I know for sure. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. I actually have to give the Habs props for giving me a chance because that was way out of their wheelhouse, right? Like, like I, I did do great work for them. I'm going to say it right now, but they did take a bit of a risk there. So all in all, it was a fun experience. Um, It was a frustrating experience, very frustrating experience. Again, I, I'm not big on waiting for things. I like to get stuff done right away. But when you're in a big company, that's kind of the kind of how it goes so it was a learning experience it was some of the best most enjoyable time at one point during the playoff run me and my producer we were having so much fun like me and her were just smiling the whole time it didn't feel like work that changed real quick uh afterwards so there was as many frustrating times as fun times 
but it's an experience that um, I'll cherish for a long time, mostly because of the fans. And, and it's always been my focus. And I feel like the media doesn't do a great job about this and neither do the teams, but respect the fans, stop insulting the fans. Yeah. There's a lot of meatheads out there. I get it. I get it. But they are the lifeline of our careers. You know what I mean? Like, and I know we talk about it a lot saying that fans are important, but no, no, no. Like they are crucial to me, to you guys, to, to everyone that's writing, to everyone that has jobs in hockey. So um, I was really lucky to kind of get a bit of a glimpse of how the Montreal Canadiens affected just generations upon generations upon generations. I was at the Guy Lafayette Memorial um, and I, you know, I had my Habs tag on. And just the amount of stories I got within a few minutes, people were lining me up to tell me their stories about Kilafla. Like that to me is a oral history of the, not just the Canadians, the culture of Quebec. And, and I was just so lucky to be put in a position to kind of absorb some of that. Yeah. Sorry. I went on and on there. I kind of got on a little bit of a tangent, but. Uh, that was yeah. beautiful. It's, uh, that was exactly what we were looking for. Yeah. Good. We're yeah. so happy <laughs> that we got a glimpse into a guy that got a glimpse. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, I mean, it was still pretty cool. Like my office, literally, I'd take one door and I'm in the Bell Center. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I got to when Ivan Colnoye at one point came in the elevator. It was Ivan Colnoye and what was the name of the um there was another like five cup winner, uh white hair. Anyways, and uh there can be any of them. Yeah, right. But anyways, um, uh, I basically I looked at him and I had already interviewed him for a podcast. And I'll tell you right now, Ivan Colnoye is sharp as a tack. Like he's still sharp yeah. as a tack. Uh, and to me, he's the last living legend. We lost the trinity of the Montreal Canadiens. When you lose, you know, La Père, Le Fils, Le Saint-Esprit, you're talking about uh, Béliveau, Richard, and, and Lafleur. But Colnoye, I say, oh, these are like, I'm like, oh, we go to, to level two. Because that's where the legends go. And then he turns around and he's like, but Mark, you're not getting off at level two. And I was like, oh, man, like, that's cool. That's cool that this guy who who was on the ice for Canada's, you know, big goal for 72 that has so many cups is, you know, just knows who I am. I thought it blew my, like, it just blew my mind that I was in a position to do that. So all in all, I was pretty darn lucky to uh, to have that opportunity. I didn't train in marketing. I didn't, I haven't taken an English class since 10th grade French high school. You know, uh, <laughs> so like this was all kind of a learning curve for me and, and it was rough. Like I say, it was very frustrating, but just the opportunity to tap into that strong heritage. And I know I'm repeating myself, but the Habs are Quebec in a sense. And yes, I, I know that makes people feel alienated when you're not in Quebec, but it's such an important, crucial part fabric of the culture in Quebec. And I'm just really lucky that I, uh, you know, as an Ontario boy that I got to be, to be part of that, a voice of that. And uh, you know, it's, um, it's something that I miss a lot. I don't miss the whole process of being there and just, anyways, I don't want to get into the bad stuff, but I really do miss being a Brown, you know, seeing those flashes of greatness and they're honest flashes. These aren't recorded. These are just little moments that, uh, you know, that, that, that basically I'll pre appreciate forever. I mean, I, Patrick has done some bad stuff as a person, but as a goalie growing up, like he was my boy. He was the guy who got me, you know, I love Mats Naslin because he was a little guy, but Patrick Roy really made me fall in love with, with hockey. And, you know, just the idea of like, hey, by the way, Patrick Roy is going to call you at two o'clock and you're going to talk about, actually, I can't tell you what we were talking about because it never happened. But anyways, uh, you know, to me, that was just mind blowing, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm very, very lucky and privileged, but anyone that works in this sport, is privilege. And the, the one thing that frustrates me the most is when you have media members complaining about little, little things. 
listen, I'm sorry they don't have any Diet Coke for you, but um, this family yeah. over there saved up for a year to get four tickets for their kids to come watch one game. Like, please be appreciative of the fact that you're in such a privileged situation that you get to pay you get paid money to cover a game. That's literally what it is. I'm not taking anything away from hockey, but it is a game. So uh, I'd like to see a little more um, acknowledgement of how privileged we are working in this industry because it's it's a dream come true, man. It's a dream come true, and we're really lucky to be here. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I know last more. last uh, last year, uh, I, I I got to watch a few. Uh, Gatsunu Olympic games from like the scouting box, uh, and I was just giddy. Like it was just a right. It was just an experience, right? Like just like at that point, I wasn't even like like a, a full blown scout or anything yet. Like I I was I was fully independent. I had two hundred Twitter followers. Like I was I was I was a nobody uh, a year ago. Uh, I still have two hundred Twitter followers. Like, yeah, like, but I reach. mean. But but I got I got to sit in the scouting box next to right. NHL Central Scouts. Uh, a few uh, I think there's a Washington Scout there, a Detroit Scout. Trevor Timmons was right ten feet away. Right, and, and like, never feel like you're not okay. The, one of the big things that a lot of people ask me: How do you break into the industry? I, I, I'll be honest: You just write, you're right, you go, you go, you go, yeah, you throw a lot exactly. of crap at the wall, you see what sticks, but. Um, never think that you're not good enough. There's one of the biggest things that I've had to deal with is imposter, you know, the, the imposter syndrome. syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and I still have it to this day, even though like I get very little criticism, but, um, give it a go because you know, all the people on TV that you see and you're like, Oh, I could do that. Yeah, you could, you absolutely could do that. So never hesitate to, to take that next step. And I try to encourage everyone. Like, that's why I'm so I'm, I'm an old, by the way, like I, I, how do I put this? The Challenger hadn't Challenger shuttle hadn't exploded when I was born. So, you know, <laughs> I'm loving seeing this new generation of fan of of analysts that have a better understanding of the game itself, but also they're conscientious of the morality that should be upheld in the NHL. And and it's just really, really encouraging to see because um if we're being perfectly honest, the media landscape around hockey has been pretty stale for a long time and they really have been letting a lot of things go so i'm hoping that there will be more guys like you uh coming up uh and women too like listen that's the other part too exactly yeah i you know for example uh emilia uh, mcguire and uh florence yes Thomas. like there's so many yeah, yeah of um, course yeah, lauren yeah, yeah. kelly who does it like there's so uh, well, Shana, and, and, like, there, there, there's so many yeah, Owen back to lauren kelly yeah, right. exactly. Like, exactly. I mean, like, 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 like Lauren Kelly is also like, like a full blown scout for for EP, but there's also just so many like like uh, women fans that are just commenting on the oh game, my God. saying things ten times smarter than most yeah. TV analysts. Now, are, I did, right? I did a, I did a project where okay, I I can get away with anything on Twitter because I kind of play the 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 greater fool, right? Like that's my yes. role. But I handed my Twitter account over to a woman colleague of mine for a week, and no one noticed. No one's <laughs> just saying, I'm just saying like, yeah, it's, exactly. uh, like it's... so, and one of the biggest issues, a lot of people ask me, you know, for example, eyes on the prize. I, I think a lot of you guys are familiar with eyes on the yeah, prize. When I took over my first goal, obviously we're going to talk about women's hockey and we're going to talk about European, like no one was scouting Europe. Um, but then we headhunted. We actually went and asked women like, Hey, we understand this is a disgusting industry and that's our fault. The reason people aren't applying is because we made it very unfriendly. Right. So, building a comfortable area and i know a lot of people will be rolling their eyes right now but 
is the only way we're going to better our industry. And that is including obviously people of color and, and, and you know, women. And, and when you talk about diversity, you can't just be gender diversity, right? So no, hockey it's... in general, we need to do a better job attracting the high-end talent. And it is something that we haven't done very well, but I'm seeing it on the horizon. Like I'm just, it feels like there's a big movement in terms of media, in terms of what's important. Uh, and, and I can't wait to see where it goes, man, because uh, I'll be honest, hockey coverage, eh, it's just okay in this country. It's just okay. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think on that note, we're going to slowly wrap up. I, as, uh, I, as I trash all the media, eh? like that's, that's... Yeah, you know, just nice... Uh... I mean, look, it ended with with hope for the future. I think that, that yeah. that's a pretty solid note. To I, and I, I cried a little bit. Like, no, yeah, well, Aaron shed a few tears. The, oh, good, because I'm actually looking at the big shiny tunes uh, playlist right now. Uh, so sorry, I wasn't paying attention. It's a question on Twitter. You'll see, but honestly, there are a lot of good people in hockey, but there are even better people waiting in the wings, and and that's yeah. really exciting. Uh, just to don't hesitate to try if there's anyone listening right now whether you're a guy or, or, or a girl or a person of color you can oh i had to shut down my dms because um i was getting harassed but i will open them up soon enough and listen send me a message if you want any help anything i can give you any whether it's a podcast i can bring you on my podcast i can just give you kind of an idea of how it all works how you can get started don't hesitate reach out to me i will gladly gladly help you because uh hockey deserves intelligent coverage yeah, for sure. And I, I think that we can echo the exact same thing here with our podcast. I, I don't believe we've ever had a a female guest on, which is is, is not right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, it, well, you know, I like that you're saying that because at one point I was talking about how, you know, blah, blah, blah. We don't give enough women uh, recognition. And then I, I realized 99 percent of the people I follow on Twitter are. Men. Exactly. Right. Like, so like, like I was part of the problem, our, our, our own complicity in this. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. And it, it is being more conscious with, uh, with, with, with who we want to ask to, to and, be and on our podcast. I understand why women are, are don't, and don't necessarily want to, to put themselves out there because it's disgusting. Like, you're like, yeah. <laughs> like you know what I mean? So it's, 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 it's more of a matter of making it a friendly landscape. And then when that happens, I mean, diversity of opinion leads to intelligent conversation and that's, that's what hockey needs. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that everyone that has that, that has the privilege in in this industry of, of being a straight white man needs to weaponize that to open doors for other people and, and play an active role in that. Now, now I know being... I go on a lot there and you're about to close up, but I'm going to tell you a story that kind of represents all of this. So my first day in Montreal, I get an email from Metro that says, hey, do you want to cover the Habs in the playoffs? That, that's how I got my start. Do you want to cover that? Like, Literally, just an email. I'm like, uh, yes, you know, sure. Mm-hmm. So a couple of days later, I'm in Montreal and I'm sitting beside Heather uh, Engel, good, good, great person. She now works for the Sabres. And she saw I was green. So she kind of showed me around, you know, I, I had no idea what I was doing, but she showed me the, the table. Here's where you sit. There's a hierarchy and all that. And then in the first period, right after, Connor McKenna comes over. He was doing the post-game show for 690. And he taps me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, man, come, come do this with me. I was like, Sure, I've never done radio. I'll try it. And then I turn around to Heather. I'm like, man, this stuff goes fast here in hockey. I got an email. All of a sudden, I'm covering the playoffs. I'm going to be on the on the radio. It's great. And she's like, yeah, that that's great, Mark. I later found out that she had been there for 12 years and never got once invited on the radio. And then I realized like, oh, yeah, it, it goes really easy for me 
because I'm in a situation that's conducive to getting privilege. So it's, uh, yeah, sorry, I didn't want to drag everything down at the end, but I do think, uh, honestly, I'm really, really hoping that we can get hockey to a point where um, the morality involved matches the beauty on the ice. That would that would be the ideal way to go, because right now hockey is not for everyone. It really isn't. And I think on that note, uh, Mark, thank you so much for joining us for these. This two was episodes. so much fun. Okay. And uh, another thing. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh aaron as always thank you so much for, for hey, joining hey, hey hold on hold on i i wanted to hear i wanted to hear sinead o'connor's nothing compares but we decided yes. that's a bad song for intro and outro anyone listening google sinead o'connor nothing compares to you because that is i mean that's beauty in a song I just I so, so mark, mark mark can you can you hit that high note absolutely not i uh i started smoking <laughs> camel and filters in like the late 80s so yeah, I um, my voice just cuts out at a certain point, and I, I think I was that... negative twenty years old in the mid eighties. Exactly. So I think um, my my voice is the reason auto tune was invented. <laughs> uh, on that note, thank you everyone so much for listening, and uh, you will be able to listen to our next episode uh, probably on Friday, uh, which is going to be back. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Yeah.